Welcome everyone. Thank you very much for joining uh, the latest episode of High Performance Survival. Just to give you context as well, why it's called High Performance Survival. When all of this started kicking off a few weeks ago, I started thinking about what's the kind of mindset that is going to be really helpful for us right now. And, and from a lot of the work I've done in Olympic sport, there was always phases where the coaches worked the athletes really hard. And the athletes knew that this was no time for showboating, no time for anything. It was just surviving the program and getting through it so that they were going to be able to grow back stronger. And, and when they were in the survival phase of training, there was a real skill and an art to that and, and a real sense of self-care and a real sense of doing the right things but keeping it simple, but working hard, working strong, resting and recovering really well. And, and, and I always talk to them about world-class survival. And it just struck me at the moment that we've all been forced into a period where actually the game's changed and actually survival skills where we take care of ourselves, deal with the pressure that we are facing, but knowing that it's going to help us come back stronger is probably a fairly helpful mindset. So if you haven't seen that, that's available on my profile on LinkedIn. Um, it's on Adidas Game Plan A as well. They were good enough to um, publish that as well. But some thoughts there. So I thought it would be great to talk to leaders about that. And we've had a few conversations with some leaders. Dean Curtis is with us today as well. Um, the next episode, the next leader who we're going to have a conversation with about how this is for them how they're responding, how they're reacting. So Dean, welcome. A little bit about you, a little bit about who you are, your role at the moment and, and what that entails. And uh, so everyone can kind of get a bit of a feel for, you know, the, the particular survival you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. And, and thanks for having me, Chris and, and the Planet K team. And thank you everybody for joining, particularly on uh, on Good Friday for most of us with the sun shining. But um, so, yeah, my name is Dean Curtis. I am a group managing director of a division of Relex Group. So Relex is, the, I think, last night we closed, I think, the 12th largest listed company in the UK. And I work for a division called Reed Business Analytics. Um, and with it, I've been there since about 2014, and, and I, I began um, their international risk business, the growth of, of that. And currently, I look after uh, are responsible for two businesses in the portfolio, uh, one called uh, ICIS, and um, they connect data, uh, markets, and customers to get a, a, a comprehensive, trusted view of the, the global commodities markets. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to enable customers to make smarter decisions and uh, essentially optimize the, the world's resources. Okay. The other business which I've been running um, not so long is a, is a business called Sirium, which is in the aviation data space. Um, and that delivers insight that enables travel companies, aircraft manufacturers, airports, airlines, um, financial institutions um, to make logical and informed decisions about the future of travel. Okay. Um, and to enhance their customer experiences. So, largely speaking, they're all um, all of the businesses in the portfolio are, are data technology businesses. Right. Okay. So, energy and aviation sort of two interesting sort of fields right now, I guess. Anyway, but and 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 they're, they're sort of global. What 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 sort of uh, responsibility are you covering? How many people across those businesses? And yeah. So there's there's about close to thirteen hundred people across those, or twelve twelve hundred something people across the two businesses. They are truly global. Um. So formal offices in seventeen countries, but um a lot more with independent kind of home workers and, and people scattered around the globe as well. Um, 
yeah, so so uh, global responsibility um, for um, from a PL perspective and, and obviously from a time zone perspective too. And some of that actually helps us in the current conditions that we're in, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. So so that that's the current position, and there's been a sort of steady, steady rise through sort of different businesses, but a leadership sort of thread having sort of, you know, it, it, you know, you've set your stool out to be a leader, it seems, and you know, and, and you've been sort of choosing to go into sort of more and more sort of, you know. Uh, high-profile leadership positions as well, and I, I'm just curious to know, kind of, you know, what, 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 what did you to put yourself in the position of being a leader? What, what, what was the thought process that made you think, I want to go for that? I want to be in that position. I want to be in the spotlight, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose it's always been quite logical and practical. And so, um, if I read or watch TV programs, normally it's not too much fiction. So my, my creativity may be a little bit low in that regard, but I always kind of look at that kind of inspirational type material. Um, and I always have done since I was a kid. I, I was in football mm-hmm. um, and that shaped it. But to be honest with you, I, I was a better coach than I was a player. Right. Uh, so I ended up coaching and, and within, with three different um, Premier League teams, all in all, um, not always the first team. Um, and so, you know, coaching and getting people to be the best version of themselves or better achieve things than, that they themselves didn't think they could achieve yeah. has always been quite attractive to me. And um, I started in, and, and then I, I was in stockbroking and, and essentially sales, really. And, and I don't think any parent says, oh, I wish... I wish my son or daughter is a is a salesperson. And mm. um, I just so so I, I honestly I don't believe I set off on the journey to become a leader or a right. CEO. It yes. just kind of happened, really. I, um, yeah, but but I guess that desire to coach people and help them fulfil potential, you know, that that feels like that was an important part of the, you know, putting yourself in more and more positions where you could perhaps do that for more people or do that organizationally rather than one-to-one or, you know, it feels like that there's a bit of an angle there. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with for and, and, and manage people that have gone on to do some brilliant things and you look at them on LinkedIn and other, other, you know, areas and, and catch up with them and you see what they're achieving. And that's just absolutely phenomenal. And, and that, that's attractive to me. And also to be honest with you, the current situation we find ourselves in is, is, uh, is, is pretty, um, is pretty intriguing of course none of us want to be in the position that we're in right yeah, but yeah. i have to be honest with you i'm kind of relishing it a bit because it is a consequential moment in um, in history yeah and it has been forced upon us right it's not a choice and whilst i don't want any of us to be going through this um in in the kind of business world and those uh, turbulent types of environments and hi, you know history shows that that increases the distance between winners and losers if you can have winners and losers yeah. in competitive markets but it is where the biggest shifts occur um so there's something quite attractive about that um in a weird way because there's nobody on the planet that a can confess to know the answers of what's going to happen and b have ever done it before um, although managing through other crises helps, um, it's all new. Um, so that might be a bit weird of me, but. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but uh, there, there's, a, there's a confidence there, which I think is really important and really interesting. And, you know, I was, I was talking to Keith, our CEO, yesterday, and we were sort of talking about the fact that actually, you know, um, when you know you need to respond, there's something there which is energising. And, you know, the, the curiosity gets raised and there's a self-test. I wonder what I can bring here. I wonder what I can do. And, you know, that I, th- I think that 
leadership conversation with yourself is an interesting one, which, which I, I was wondering about that, actually. You know, we, we're in this unprecedented period. There's lots of people working, and, and then they're kind of looking to the leaders to go, right, show us the way. So as the leader, I'm wondering, well, how long does it take you to get to the point where you can kind of go, right, here's the way? And, you know, what, what's the kind of reaction, the thought process that you go through that puts you in a position where ultimately you end up giving the people that you're leading a vision or a pathway or something to follow that, that you believe and you know that they're going to believe? I've got to be careful because we've got a few people from our team on the call, but I, yeah. I, I will, I will be, I know it's nothing I haven't said to them, right? People yeah. expect that as a leader, you very rarely got all of the answers. And if you have got all of the answers and all of the data, the chances are you've made the decision far too late anyway. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's the facts of it. And, and nobody has the answer to this. And, and I'm sure everybody would like the comfort of being under the wing of a leader to say, I, you know, I know the answer. It's okay. It's all going to be fine. And, and this is how it's going to play out. There's nobody on this planet that can do that right now. Um, but, um, you know, having set yourself up in your style of leadership, I think that that has to try and serve you well in this period of time. So the ability to create open channels, particularly internally, and um, I'm a big believer in having lots of, of different individual one-to-ones and spread it to really get the sense of the business and what people are feeling and, and the challenges they're facing, because ultimately my job is to create the right conditions or the best possible conditions for that team to succeed and win and for that particular person to do their job to the best of their ability so there's the internal part of that and the external so being really really connected to the market and customers so that you've got the pulse of their challenges and 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 our customer challenges six weeks ago are very different to our customer challenges now so for all those businesses that set their targets on the first of january january and then set all of their kpos well guess what they're pretty much meaningless now a lot of them um and uh, because that's changed and so for me you know I, i i tend to hope that I am never the smartest person in the room and if, it's very rare <laughs> and if I am if I am I'm in the wrong room and, um, and and particularly in the two businesses I'm running at the moment my background as I mentioned before is in anti-terrorist finance and anti-money laundering and I was an expert in that yeah. and running I, I, I you know I've got you know six seven hundred people that know a lot more about petrochemicals and a whole load of people that know a lot more about aviation I have to say to them if, if i always the dumbest person in the room then we're in a really good place because that's not my job right yeah my job is to kind of work out how to get those opinions and and that team making the right decisions for that particular moment in time and and that hasn't changed you know that's still the same um yeah i guess in this particular period the first thing that people see or the first natural reaction for everybody is fear Mm mm-hmm and and the fear isn't unhelpful so it's a bit like that when you're implementing the change um you know uh, when that fear is happening it's it's you know it's just calm down a little bit it's okay this is these are the things that we can control um and and take some of that fear away and then when when you start to come out of the fear and uncertainty stage people then start to be a lot more energized about looking at the future and more focused on the future and the opportunities that it brings. And I'm fortunate because the way our businesses and the whole business, the whole of Relex has responded, which I think is a testament to the, to the culture that we had anyway, has been, has been really, really fantastic. 
um, and, and people are, are doing, we're probably servicing our customers better than we've ever serviced our customers before, yeah. despite the challenges. And so it's, what can we learn from that? And what were we doing wrong before? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've always talked with leadership teams about, you know, in, in a crisis, leadership teams tend to sort of, you know, perform better because there's, there's a much greater clarity of outcome, you know, actually. And, and your choice points are probably restricted, but what good looks like becomes a lot clearer and it's a lot simpler. So it kind of reduces a lot of noise, which is, which is always interesting, you know, and, and to how do you generate the sort of those responses without the need of an externally introduced crisis is, you know, that, and that, that's always the challenge, but you've, you've mentioned in there, you know, very much a collaborative leadership style, one of creating the conditions that allows people to thrive. Um, so, and, and lots of interpersonal interaction as well. So that kind of feels like there's a, there's a recipe for you that's pretty strong and it feels like there's a lot of you said you know things have stayed the same for you in you know in terms of how you're leading even though the situation and the context has changed a bit have you have you noticed you drawing on any different conversations with yourself or any different reactions and thoughts within yourself because there's there's some good picking out of the same stuff is, is there anything has there been anything different interesting in terms of reactions yeah, I mean, I, I'm more aware, of course, right? And I think that that comes with uncertainty. It's a natural human response, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and I remember someone using the analogy with me once of around a Formula One driver going around the circuit. If you put me in a Formula One car at that speed, I'd be so tense and nervous. I'm just focused on the front of the car and what's coming next. Someone like Lewis Hamilton could probably tell me how much of my beer I've drunk as each lap of the track based on the awareness and the fact that they're more comfortable in that situation, right? Yeah. So I, I think there's different scales of that. But of course, I'm more aware because you're worried about staff safety, that of their families, different working conditions, and, 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 and also at home, your family, your children, their missing peer interaction. There's, there's many things change. And because of that awareness... Um, I think it opens up to more and part some of that can be helpful and some of it can be really unhelpful right yeah yeah and and it's interesting so you know if I if I go go back to some classic psychology stuff again just to base upon what you've said the whole there's a whole concept of attentional narrowing so as the pressure comes on our attention narrows 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 down to where we are really focused on very singular singular cues so, so what we might miss some stuff that if we're a little bit more open, we're taking in a few more of those cues. And, 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 and that's really interesting at the moment, you know, just sort of, yes, narrowing down, but have I narrowed too far? And how do I sort of just get, keep the perspective? Because sometimes if we're too relaxed, there's too, we're too broad. We're taking in too much and we're over, overwhelmed by stuff. So it's, it's interesting you mentioned the kind of narrowing of focus. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's probably done some businesses a favour, yeah. right? Where year on year on year with conditions where the wind is on your back for the last 10 years, they've probably, you know, not thought about that. I call it climbing the ladder, leaning against the wrong wall, right? Where, yeah. where you keep doing what you're doing and trying to do that a little bit better, but you can lose the overall perception and, and particularly in organisational strategy as the world changes. Um, this is reassessing everybody businesses teams and also individuals to change and think about what what good is really yeah yeah and, and i think that's going to be interesting as well just in terms of 
you know, do you see any of your leadership changing? Is, is how you're, is how you're going to need to lead? Is that going to change at all? Do you think as a, as a result of coming out the other side of this or sort of, you know, the way in which you show up? It, I, I think it has to, right. Um, uh, you know, if, 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 if the conditions are fundamentally changed and if I don't change, then, then I'm definitely doing a lot wrong. Um, and, and so, you know, just being cognizant of everybody working remotely to begin with, and it's weird because, you know, in most organizations, they have, particularly global organizations, they have issues with either how their departments or their regional offices are connected. Mm-hmm. What's really weird in this scenario is that it's the world together and we're all in the same place, right? We're all sat in our houses behind a screen doing exactly the same thing. And, and that level of equality is, is quite good. You know, we have a head office in Bishop for one of the businesses in, in Bishopsgate in London. Yeah. And a lot of business, a lot of, a lot of our um, countries would say they feel slightly disconnected from that. Um, and, and I don't ever want that to be the case. I want us to be a true global business, which is the nature of it. Even the business in Sutton, which is probably as the crow flies 10 miles away. Yeah felt disconnected yeah, yeah. the same as Guangzhou China or Sao Paulo Brazil or whatever it is yeah. now there's a positive part to this in terms of everybody is the same and, and we've already seen that culturally but my point is that there are certain things like when you look and observe behaviors of people at different times around offices you know when things are good and things are bad it's very very difficult and so one of the things we've been trying to encourage our staff to do is to be more open and it's a very it's, it's a human thing anyway but certainly very british where you turn around and say how are you chris and 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 do i really need you know am i really asking when i walk in past you how you are and you're going to say i'm fine yeah. and and you know and i think that that type of interaction is beginning to mean a little bit more yeah. um, and i also am encouraging staff to turn around and say um we need to do that to each other more because during this period of time people are going to have good and bad days and you're not going to, it's not going to be visible as much. And I want people to have the, 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 the courage and psychological safety to phone someone, Chris, I'm really having a bad day today. Can I just grab five minutes and have a chat? And that's what a team is, right? It's, yeah. it's being able to do that. And in, in the business, in the workplace, that's often perceived as weak or, or people are frightened to do it. So, you know, part of that is opening up and also just redefining how we're working. You know, uh, uh, we've got a very mix of uh, we've got we've got staff that have got elderly parents with them who are uh, who are clearly vulnerable in this situation. We have young people that are living in different parts of the world from their families that are more isolated and on their own. And then we've got other people with kids that are balancing homeschooling. Yeah, yeah. And and and, and all of those things are, are different. And and and, I, and I'm pleased. Some, there's some real good from it. It's things like when people have been doing a conference call at home. You know, they're worried about oh, kids be quiet. You can't, you know, but it's their home. It's not an office. And they're probably feeling pretty scared in, in, a, in a period of change right now. If they walk in while someone's on a call, who cares kind of thing, right? It's actually quite nice to see more of that person that you're working with yeah. in their own environment. Yeah. So, yeah, um, and, that, and that's, that, that seems to be happening a lot. You know, uh, we're, we're, we're losing colleagues and we get, we're finding out about people that we work with, you know, and, and yeah. kind of seeing a lot more of that. And, that, and that's interesting. And I like the point about, you know, the, the, the Sutton office, and, but everyone else is together. We, te- we tend to identify how we're different from other groups 
yeah. we have to be identifying at the moment how we're the same as other people. And that, that is hitting a big reset switch in terms of, you know, just attitudes towards a lot of the stuff that's going on. And I, I, th I think that's really, really powerful where we are sort of, it's coming back to the human level of how we are the same rather than you're in this office, I'm in that office, that's different. And, you know, so there's, there's a nice leveling effect going on, which allows you again to focus back in on, well, what are the shared performance ingredients or the shared values or the shared behaviors that we can focus on as people who are trying to support the same business and trying to, trying to work towards the same result. I think, I think it's a really interesting sort of, it gets rid of a lot of noise, doesn't it? Absolutely. And then that's what we're finding, actually. And, and I've, I've used this phrase with staff and it seems really weird because nobody could have predicted what's going to happen. But, but we've almost kind of trained for this in a way, not to these extremes. But um, when people are so remote and physically disconnected, but potentially more connected than ever because we're kind of equal and collaborating, there's a, there's a lot that's changed in that in the last six weeks. And I think people that would have never looked at working from home potentially or saw that or flexible working as a weakness whether you know doing different hours or whatever and we're just saying to our staff you know absolutely do what you can and, and you're trusted and that level of trust in a normal culture is is pretty important yeah and I, and I think that that starts with the team mission or purpose right and then there's the values or behaviors that you need to achieve that and knowing how your each individual role is connected to the purpose and each other. Yeah, yeah. If if that's there and that's strong, that is a, a differentiator for from a business perspective in this type of environment. And living those values is more important now. Um, and the harder part of that is the personal and collective discipline. Yeah. Um, so that that's one area. And then the other one is empowerment. One of the things I was asked to do. Is, is, is to really empower the talent that we have in, in the businesses that I'm fortunate enough to look after. And I think that, that quite often in leadership, there's an actual tendency to, um, to kind of assert control and, and strip away responsibility to be, because of that fear or uncertainty to mitigate risk. Um, and, and, or maybe unconfident or worried. And, and as a result of that, the teams, you know, not often, always really become more disconnected. Yeah. And, it, and the opposite is needed. And, and so I think that we've been going for a program of work and I'm fortunate enough to work for a business like Relex that takes a long-term view. And, and my boss on my first day said, Dean, you know, we kind of know what we've hired, take a long-term view, three years plus, don't be a hero. And to get that in the corporate world is phenomenal. And yeah. Um, and that's that's how I want my teams to feel, right? That they're absolutely trusted to do exactly what they can. Conditions are uncertain and changed. And, and if everyone has the passion and connect and connection to that purpose and knows what their roles are, the magic will still happen. And we're starting, we're, we're not starting, we're already seeing that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned earlier that a lot of your customers will have set goals at the beginning of the year, which are now completely relevant. You've said also as well that, you know, you've kind of trained for this or prepared for this. And, you know, a lot of that's down to the work that you've led around differentiating between performance and results, you know, and, and working on performance in order to deliver the results. Um, do, do you, is that part of how you've prepared and how you've trained? And have you noticed anything particular about, you know, 
doing the things you need to do to get the results you want. Now the scoreboard's gone, right, you know, now, now this stuff really works. Have you noticed any power in that or any reaction? Uh, huge power, right? Because business is a bit daft like that in that you kind of get a number put on you and, and you know, and, and I can hit numbers. I've spent my career hitting numbers, but it's it's kind of how you hit them. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, you know, there's a few targets I've missed and they, they kill me, but you don't, you don't hit them by focusing on them, do you? And, and, and particularly when those targets become meaningless. So, so the biggest challenge we have as a, an organization right now is working out what success looks like because conditions continue to change. So we've done um, as, as, a, as a leadership, lots of scenario planning about how this is going to play out and what potentially the, re the results would look like and our response needs to be to be able to get those results. And, and we're still, unfortunately, I think um, so early in this, I think, you know, um, that, that that's difficult to tell. But when the results um, or the, the outcome is, is so much um, more meaningless, I think salespeople probably have have the toughest time with that because they spend their time chasing a number yeah yeah and if the number is so far out of reach people become disengaged so we see many of our businesses across the portfolio and across the world i think in the next few months starting to look at retarget you know redoing sales targets to keep you know engagement and performance to make it achievable for everybody and that depends on the business unfortunately i've got a balance right i've got one business that continues to perform brilliantly well and another one which is a bit more challenging because there aren't many airplanes in the sky right now yeah. um so so that you know they've both got different scenarios but it, it, the, the performance piece is more critical now than it's ever been it's yeah and, and you know you say in trying to define success I, I think it just it just made me think of people in the performing arts you know they could try and define success by sort of looking at box office numbers and sort of, you know, the how long a run is of a show or something. But actually, what they have to do is they have to decide how we're going to produce the performance that we want to do every single night that will delight us, which we then think will delight the audience. And, you know, that they have to choose to define success based upon the way they want to show up. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and it's really interesting because you know what's success for you guys now is very much more again, you know, what's the daily show that you put on, and 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 how do you show up for yourselves and your customers, and what's that going to do, you know? So, success is defined on the show rather than the result of the show now as well. And you know, just tuning into that is massively different. But but people haven't done that naturally, have they? No, no. But it, I, so that's a helpful thing that comes from this, right? Because. Yeah. You know, every, everyone was chasing the kind of high growth numbers. And there's a lot of things that have changed in the business world. I've got a lot of friends, you know, got off startups, work for, fin, you know, fintech type companies, lots of funding, you know, low revenues, chasing the dream. I'm going to retire by the time I'm 30, because that's what we've seen over the last 10 yeah. years. Unfortunately, I'm still old enough to remember the dot-com bubble, right? And there's, there, there's not too many tech businesses that survive that. So... Every now and again, life has this way of, of uh, I think, of, um, you know, kind of putting us back into check. And, and, and that certainty has increased in value, mm. as has the results that come from it. And, you know, in a lot of industries, people are now going to have to be better at managing decline rather than how fast am I growing? Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes much more of a partnership and a collaboration, doesn't it? You know, the kind of, you know, the shared value creation rather than the kind of the, the, the customer being part of the, 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 the profit picture. 
Absolutely. And I think we'll see that. Customers will recognise and remember how they are being treated in periods like this, right? Yes. So if you were just chasing the number, the immediate response is, how can I get the most out of my customer? Yeah. Um, and if you're looking at business as a long-term thing, which it is, it's, it's an infinite, you know, it's an infinite um, uh, game, if you want to put it like that. You know that's not that's not the case, is it? It's it, so so. I, you know, for us, it's about delight. And I'm, I'm fortunate. We probably, as I said earlier, delivered better for our customers in this environment than we ever have done before. But it's when our customers need it most. Yeah. Um, and and I don't think that that's lucky, right? We could move because we're prepared. Everybody could work remotely. Every single person within one day. Um. And, and everybody knew their jobs and roles. But most importantly, the people knew what they were doing and they had the passion to continue doing it, whatever the circumstances. And it's that, that, that passion and connection to what you do that you can't lie about through conditions like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the conditions magnify it, don't they? And that, you know, that, 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 that's clear as well. You know, I, I was just thinking as you were talking, as well, I, got, I got a great spam email yesterday sort of saying, I've looked at your LinkedIn profile and, and, and it's okay because you know, I, we know at our business that in this unprecedented time, the most difficult challenge that you're having is your digital marketing strategy whilst keeping the business running. Okay. I really don't think that's the, you know, the, the main thing. You're not going to be connected with me as a potential customer if you're, you know, you're telling me what the most important thing is, which probably isn't very high on most people's list right now. You know, come up with a different way of kind of marketing yourself if you're good at marketing, because that's probably not the right way right now. So, it's, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of the relationships are key, aren't they? I think they're, they're, they're you know, it, it is thinking about that collaboration, what's in it for both of us, how can we support each other? And sometimes getting out of the way is the is the biggest support. Um, and you know, I, without without sort of making too many puns on the kind of whole energy thing, I'm just thinking about the last few weeks in your leadership role, and that you know a lot of the stuff that's been going on in your mind, stuff stuff you've been going through. How 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 have you been feeling about your energy levels? So you know, working from home, different interaction, but have you noticed anything in terms of your leadership energy alongside all of this other sort of conditions and cognitive change that's taking place yeah a few so so personally i probably wasn't as prepared for this as i should have been and, right. and you know this from working with me and for those yeah. on the line you know chris is one of the three performance phone of friends that i uh, i kind of go to and uh, um and and a, and a weakness i have really probably is is kind of work rate and and um and over a period of time of taking on two new businesses, I was I was kind of maxed out. And really bizarrely, um, for those of you that listened to the session last Friday with Danielle, um, I, I worked with Danielle about pausing and, and performing better by slowing down, which sounds, and in my world, it sounded um, counterintuitive, really, because, you know, um, not particularly great education, but I've always worked hard. And, and there's probably a lack of confidence, really, that uh, bizarrely, that, that means that I'm frightened to, to let my foot off the gas. Yeah, yeah. And so working with Danielle, and, and it was really weird, but, you know, I, I had a couple of days with her around um, different things I was going to do to kind of be more selfish in myself and, and, and a lot of things to just reflect and get time to think so that I'm not climbing the ladder that's leaning against the wrong wall in life or in business. Um, uh, two days, no, you know, no, no emails, no phone, and then I got in the car at five p.m. and hell 
broke loose. And then I probably had the hardest two weeks I've ever had at work because we, as a leadership team, working all the time, closing offices, reopening them again in all of the different time zones. And so um, I, I, was, I was probably uh, more fatigued than I would like to have been mm-hmm. as this started. But I've, I've used some of that um, and, and got some useful habits, really. Um, and, and, and done um, some things that worked well for me better, but also some things that I, I was not good at. You know, I'm, I'm making a conscious habit, habit to read more. Okay. Um, I have um, weirdly lost four kilos since, since the lockdown because I'm exercising properly. And I, you know, in, in a day to day in offices or in aeroplanes, you eat what's available. Yeah. Yeah. There's no excuse for me now. It's it, the, the fridge is in the next room and it's up to me what I put on my plate mm. and, 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 and it's taking a bit of responsibility over that and, and hydration, all of the sorts of things that come together. Mm. And, and, and there's, there is no excuse. It's me now, right? And, and it's like all of us. We can, we can moan about the position we're in. But to be honest with you, it is an opportunity, right? And if and I put something on LinkedIn the other day, if, if, if people don't improve personally or get some good habits or new skills or learn a lot about themselves during this period of time, it's, it's not because of time. It's because of discipline. And it would just be a, a lost opportunity. So, you know, I'm taking some of that on. I'm, I'm, I've, ne- I've never meditated before. I've, you know, I've started to um, play with that, if you want to put yeah, it, I, yeah. you know, but I'm... That's the right way to do it. I think playing is a good way of doing it because you, you, you just approach it with curiosity. Yeah. 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 And they've been taboo things, right, as leaders. You know, you don't want to talk about that sort of stuff. Everyone thinks you're going to be this iron person that, you know... Is everyone can follow and it's it's not really like that you, you know part of it is just going through the mindset of, of you've got to be the best version of you for you otherwise everyone else doesn't see the best version of you and I've still got work to do there like we all have right a lot of work but um it's going in the right direction so a big yeah well, and, and, and I also think you know seeing this as a period of sort of personal preparation as well you know where certain things aren't able to happen so other things do because you know we're going to transition out of this into another set of challenges so I'm, I'm interested in terms you know what what are you seeing in terms of the likely challenges ahead and what what do you sort of see um as as sort of beyond this we don't quite know the date yet but you know what what, what are you seeing as sort of key challenges ahead yeah well the biggest as i mentioned before well the first challenge is the safety of people you know the staff and their families and all of the rest of it and then away from that it becomes around forecasting we're a listed company the market wants to know what we're going to do and it, 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 this is the hardest in my career i mean I, i've gone through a few different um uh, crashes in you know three or four decent ones over my career and nothing has been like this right so forecasting is just off the chart tough but also the kind of um you know, what does that mean from a behavioural perspective and how things change? People's values have, have changed as we redefine what success is. They're not just the numbers, yeah. it's culturally, right? And, and, and there's a very positive thing about that. So, you know, when you, when you think about the period of change, you know, I've been asked many times by a lot of different people, including my kids, when will things return to normal? And, um, and I don't believe they will return to normal, the old normal. Yeah. Um, I, I genuinely think that the world has gone through something to get it together that means that, that there will be change in our job. And, and there's a lot of 
good in people, more good than there is bad. Unfortunately, we just often the bad gets kind of magnified. But um, sometimes people need a crisis to change and examine this period of our lives to be that opportunity, right? And yeah. but um, how we live and what we value is is changing. And so things like simplicity, if you want to bake that in, you know, listening, you know, getting up in the morning and listening to the birds because there's no traffic, the ability to work remotely, and, and I've seen more people. I'm fortunate enough to live right on the coast. You know, more people going for walks or bike rides as a family than ever before. That wouldn't have happened without this. Or sit down to all eat together. And yeah, I, I, I do. I do love human nature. You know, for years and years, you're told right. You know, get out and exercise. This is what it's like to be a healthy to, to have a healthy lifestyle, and no one does it. And then you know, you're told you're not allowed to exercise any more than once a day, and everyone wants to exercise. <laughs> It's mad, isn't it? All, all those personal trainers should have been telling people not to do it. We would have had a fitter world yeah. now. Whatever you do, do not exercise more than once a day. I'm not going to allow you to do it. You know, just no, stop it. So, you know, public yeah. public health strategy is going to change and policy is going to change in terms of how it's communicated. And, and I guess that I was thinking about that as you were talking, you know, communication in here as well is is really important in terms of, do you, do you see any communication challenges do you see any communication value are you as a leader as a communicator you know what what stuff's going through your head about you know what you're going to be communicating the importance of communication you know that that's a particular area of yours as well i know is important but you know what what what's where's your head going with the communication side of things yeah, well, I, I think it's massive all of the time. So I had a, had a, compu- um, a communications uh, consultancy for a number of years and worked with different businesses and training new staff and, and existing staff. And, and all businesses are really are a load of people having various forms of communication. Yeah. And the more effective that communication is, the, the better the business works. And that's even in a, in a factory. It's the same is true, right? Um, and, and I think it's, it's, um, it's changing that. So I'm, I'm a big believer in authenticity. I'm very much a, am who I am. And I, I don't think I've got a different persona necessarily in, in any part of my life. So I always believe, which I think in times like this, well, you should be yourself. Mm-hmm. And I learned that very early on where I had different staff members, unfortunately, pass away. And you go to their desk or you're speaking to their spouse on the phone or their children and you can only be yourself, you know, you can only be yourself. Um, and I think that, I think that that's, you know, that, that authenticity is, is, is key. Mm-hmm. Um, I've over communicated a lot lately because I think everybody needs it to, for that connection. So I've, I've communicated more than I naturally would have. Um, and that keeps everybody on a similar page and the level of connection and team and consistency. We're all, you know, it's how communities are formed. Humans want that connection, which we're not allowed to physically have right now. Mm. Um, to be honest with you, at the moment, I, I, some of my communications are a bit more downbeat than normal. I, I, I want to normally I'm quite, as you know, probably passionate. And, and, and um, I, I've reined that in a little bit on purpose because um, I don't think in the Western world we're through the worst of it. I know we're not through the worst of it. And, and whilst I want people to feel comfortable I don't want them necessarily to, I, they don't want to be lied to yeah and so I've, I've purposely been fairly honest authentic and if you like downbeat at the moment because in a few weeks time and I've seen this play out right so I had staff a staff member who was went to visit her parents in Wuhan 
and, and she's been in the same place since the 21st of January right. and got out last week. Yeah. And our team in Northern Italy have had a really, really tough time. I've, I've kind of seen this play and, and, and I just feel that the, 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 the passion and the upbeat in this needs to come in, in, in Europe and the US particularly in a few weeks' time. Yeah. When people are going to need it and the novelty of taking pictures of your workspace and everything is wearing off somewhat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've, I've said it a couple of times before, but I keep coming back to it. In Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, he talks about the Stockdale paradox. Face the brutal yeah. reality of the situation you're in whilst never losing faith you'll triumph in the end. And, yes. you know, where do, where do I tip the balance? Which side? At the moment, I'm facing the brutal reality. There'll be another time where I'll sort of never lose faith that I'll triumph in the end, you know, but you can, you, you play the balance between those two, but you know they're both always there, but it's kind of which side you tune into and where do you start the communication from? And I, I think, you know, re reading the circumstances, reading the context, that, that's really useful, you know, just, just to hear you saying that, okay, brutal reality facing a little bit more right now. Yeah, we'll yeah. get there in the end, but this is the messaging you know, maybe three, four weeks time, right, look at the progress we're making, look at how we're moving forward, you know, you should shift the message, but let's not, you know, let's not sort of pat ourselves on the back too early. I kind of, I like it as a, the balance in the seesaw of those opposites a lot of the time. Going back to one of your first questions today was around the decision-making process, yeah. right? Yeah. And, 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 and unless, you know, I, I get my intelligence from decisions from the staff. And if I'm not being honest with the staff and, tell, you know, kind of giving them what, what the reality is, they're not going to give me the, the feedback that I need because yeah. the conditions are what the conditions are, right? We can't sugarcoat those. No, no. Um, you know, yes, I can kind of break it down gently if I, if I want to in some communication and, and to a certain degree have done that. But, you know, I, I think that we're stronger from dealing with the reality and people can help each other through it and we know what we're dealing with and, and there will be an element of resilience needed, right? Yeah. So it's no point as running out the blocks at 100 miles an hour to begin with and then kind of get a stitch and have to walk for a while because we're going to be like this for a little while, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, just thinking about last question here, just sort of, you know, wondering, given all of that and given where we are at the moment, what what's success for you over the course of the next couple of weeks? So if we forget the future, yeah, is, is there anything that kind of feels like success for you? You've got a you know, shorter week next week and then week after. What, what, what are you sort of putting in front of yourself as your measures of success personally? Yeah, so um, the good news is I've, I, 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 I've got a chance to be a little more proactive. There's been a lot of stuff where I've had to be reactive for a few weeks, where particularly in the States, we've got a lot of offices. We have about 4,500 people in our division in the, in the States. Right. And, and they're in different states and state law changes and you have to do different things. We've had it in India and Singapore and South and so there's always been something to do. Now everyone's in a, in a you know, we're stabilised in terms of what's accepted as the conditions. Mm. And that allows us to start looking forward. And, and when you do that, you can control the controllables and, and look at, well, what are the healthy habits, both individually and collectively? And yeah, okay. um, how can we better service our customers? And we've done great things like run webinars, you know, 3,000 organisations attend and things like that which shows a thirst for what we're doing and the fact that, the, that our customers need to be supported, that's fantastic. But what else can we do to really support our customers through this period? Because it will take a while. Everything's not going to bounce back. And in some organisations, businesses won't exist or it's going to be a long, long, long run in mm. to get back to, 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 to normal. But 
in some ways, you know, you've almost got to embrace it. Do we really want to go back to normal? Yeah. Yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but there was a lot about normal that wasn't great. And so it's, it's, it's picking up those useful habits as a team. And we've already seen it in, in the, in, in the organization that the level of innovation, you know, and, and I think there was a period at the end of the, the, the world war two, where there was a, a great deal of innovation where, whether it's boredom or time to self-reflect or anything like that, just enables people to, to be creative and, and look at better new ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it's starting to see some of that where we can control what we can control. We service our customers better than we've ever done before and start to look about that new world. And there will be a stage, the third stage, of this i think the first stage is kind of the acceptance where you see the fear and then it's the management of and then it's the the kind of forward thinking what happens when we come out of this and there will be some huge opportunities for people individuals teams who um who are able to deal with that and spot those opportunities and are mobilized to capture them um first yeah 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 as, as, as you're talking through that as well i'm sort of thinking back to sort of when I was studying and sort of doing my PhD, but uh, yeah, great, a great science philosophy text by a guy called Thomas Kuhn talks about the structure of scientific revolutions and paradigm shifts. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it, and, and they sometimes the shift just happens, circumstances create themselves and, and the paradigm shifts and it never goes back or you yeah. just see a totally new way of doing things as well. And that kind of, we're, we're in a big paradigm shift at the moment and it's going to be really interesting to sort of see, you know, what, what that looks like going forward. And, you know, with, with leaders like you around as well, you know, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing what the new paradigm is and how that stretches you, challenges you. Who knows, even some creativity coming from you as well, Dean, you know, and sort of thinking about <laughs> Yeah, But, you know, I, I think really, really great to get your insights and your reflections for everyone listening. You know, you're getting a great flavour of Dean's leadership and the quality that he gives. Loads of really good stuff on LinkedIn that Dean shares regularly as well. So I'll definitely say have a look at some of the stuff that he's sharing on there as well. Um, and, you know, always a pleasure, Dean, to sort of get the insight. So thank you for your honesty and your openness as well there. If anyone's got questions, pop the questions through to us as well um, via the kind of comms that we've got through the webinar set up and we'll be sort of happy to... Uh, answer those questions as well but Dean it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you very much indeed for that for those of you who are interested in continuing with the process we'll have another session next week so we've got Stuart Sanderman who is the founder of breathpod.me um, Stuart's great guys so again last week we had Daniel focusing some of the physical stuff Stuart's business focuses on on the, the power of breath he's been doing some brilliant stuff with Lewis Capaldi around some of his concerts and helping with some of the people coming along to concerts before we were you know when we were still allowed to do those kind of things he's got some really sort of great um, philosophy and a great mission that he's on about helping people through the power of breathing as well so looking forward to chatting with Stuart next week it'll be an hour later next week um, but we'll keep the these series going for as long as we know that they're delivering value they're going to be available on the performance room as well so we've got um, for any of you in your businesses if you want full access to the performance room just get in touch with us as well so we'll give you full access for everything over the course of uh, the next six months if you want to get all of that for your businesses uh, as well but we're updating that there's a COVID-19 tab at the top of the performance room with all of this information available on there as well um, but please 
you know, keep watching, keep giving us feedback about this. And Dean, any last thoughts before I let you go? No, well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for everyone to, um, uh, for, 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 for tuning in. Um, a performance room is a, is a great resource, truly. I, I use it myself a lot. Um, so if you're not signed up for that, I would, in, I would encourage you to do so. There's some great materials on that. I guess to, to, to finish off, I would say uh, go out, create some good, useful new habits, make the most of the opportunity and, and, and look for the new opportunities that were coming and, and stay safe. But thank you, everybody. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Thank you, everyone. We'll finish it there. Thanks very much. Thank you all.